Shalom, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Mormon Kabbalah Podcast. This week we're going to be going over chapter 15 in the Book of Remembrance. Now, when we went over chapter 13, I went back and forth between the Book of Raziel and the Book of Remembrance. I'm not going to do that this time because they're close enough. One seems to be speaking to the Jews. I believe the book of Raziel is a revelation that was given to a Jewish prophet. And the other one is given to us as Latter-day Saints. So if you would like to compare these, you can go right to the book of Raziel and start with verse 1. But today, I'm just going to go right into chapter 15. And if you are questioning why I'm talking about the book of Raziel at all, go back and listen to the podcast in chapter 13. I explain there the correlation. So it starts off with God sending Raphael to instruct Adam and Eve so they can learn what to do with these endowments they were just given. And Raphael says to them, Blessed are the wise by the mysteries coming from the wisdom of that tree given them of the Lord. So I want to break this down verse by verse here. Who are the wise? The wise are those who are willing to accept the knowledge and wisdom that God has for them. So they're blessed by giving this endowment. Why is it a mystery? Well, we'll get into that in a minute. But first, it says the wisdom of that tree. Wisdom represents the divine feminine. And if you're familiar with the divine feminine in the Bible and Book of Mormon, then we know that at the time of Lehi, there was a white tree in the temple representing the divine feminine. So when Lehi had his dream and he saw this white tree, he, of course, understood that 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 would be Heavenly Mother from a Latter-day Saint perspective. Nephi, likewise, would understand when he had his vision of the dream. But he still asked, what, what's this tree? And what happened? The tree turned into Mary, the mother of God. So we know that wisdom and the tree represent the divine feminine. And this mystery, this endowment that we've been given, is given by who? The Lord God. Yavah Elohim. And in verse 3, it says, Light is given to teach truth to mankind. What is light? John 1-5, through Jesus Christ is the light, the light of Christ. The Book of Mormon talks about this in the Book of Moroni. The light of Christ is given to us so that we as ministers can teach the truth to mankind. Now, that can mean to a congregation, but I want to turn this internally. This is a Mormon Kabbalah podcast, so let's look at it for ourselves. That light has to come through our pure intentions, our righteous desires, to transform the wicked desires. And we talked about that last week. So here, mankind are the men and women, the desires to bestow and receive inside of ourselves. And then it says, still in verse 3, the power of the low and high priesthoods are the foundation of the glory of Elohim. We've been ordained. We have been set apart. We've been washed and anointed. We've received the endowment. This power of God, that's what the priesthood did. This, it's the power of God, is the foundation of the glory of Elohim. In verse 4, it says the secret word. What secret word? What they just learned in their endowments. Keep in mind, it's secret. Why? Not because it's got to be hidden. It's got to be done in secret chambers, but because nobody else knows it yet. If it's our desires, our wicked desires are not familiar with this and need to be taught. If it is us talking about a ministry with other people, then again, it's a secret because it's something that others don't have or they have not comprehended yet. Because it says right there, it is not yet known to the world. But 
Verse 4 continues, It is as milk and honey upon the tongues of the righteous. In other words, people who are trapped in the darkness, again, John 1, 1 1-5, the light of Christ fills the world, but those trapped in darkness can't see it. They reject it. For us, this is this amazing gift. It's something that that we can't wait to enjoy, to have. And verse 5, For now it be to you alone. Why? Because they were the first to receive this. For behold, these teachings are no longer foreign unto you. They were in the garden. They were in the presence of God. But they didn't really understand or appreciate it because they were there in the moment. Now they're being cast out. It's interesting because this sounds very innocent, but this is actually kind of dark from my perspective. You had it really good. You're getting all this great wisdom, but you're also getting thrown out of the garden. You're not going to be the presence of God anymore. The other people you're going to talk to, they're not going to understand. Whether we're talking about the desires inside of ourselves or those who just haven't received the gospel yet, they're not going to get it. It's going to be an uphill battle trying to explain it, but they're not foreign to us anymore because we have received it. And so now in verse 6, we're given an instruction. It says commandment. I prefer to say instruction. The Hebrew term that's translated generally as commandment can also be translated into instruction. I just like that better. I, Raphael, give it unto you, but not of my will. This, this is a teaching coming from God. Stand in the middle of the day without provocation, without reward, and pray to God that you may learn the tributes of the reverence of Elohim. What does that mean? Stay in the middle of the day. What is the middle of the day? The sun is at its highest. We have the most light. So when we are in that light of Christ, when we're in the brightest part of the day, if you will, the light of Christ, we stand up, not because we think we're going to get something out of it, but because we love the Lord. And we pray to God that we will learn more, that we will receive an understanding of that which we've been given. I said a minute ago that that was a little bit dark, talking about the teachings no longer being foreign to you. Now Raphael gives us hope in verse 8. Behold, you've been cast out from the garden and the face of God, but this is for a time. Turn away from evil. Journey on the path of righteousness, that through grace you may see the face of God again while upon the earth. This is a personal invitation to each of us. If we walk the path of Teshuvah, we are going to be turning away from evil and journeying in the path of righteousness. All the darkness, all the gloom, all the the bad things, that's a perspective. If we can turn our perspective around and see the face of God in the entire creation, and yes, I know it's hard, but if we can do it through the grace of Jesus Christ, we can be in the presence of God again here upon the earth. We can enjoy a personal relationship, communication with our God directly. We don't have to go through another person. We don't have to go through a church. We can have a personal one-on-one relationship with God. If you get nothing else out of these podcasts, please understand that. That is the most important thing. That is the key to all of this. Verse 10, Behold, I say unto thee, the great secret is reverence to the Lord, for the worthy go directly to the secret. It reminds me of my kids, especially my youngest, Candy. Candy? Candy? Where's candy? Can I get candy? Where do I go for the candy? That's the milk and honey upon his tongue. Where does he go? Well, we have to hide it. So he looks in the cupboards. He looks in our room. He looks in the office. He's trying to discover the secret. That's us. 
when we're looking to build that relationship with God, we're looking for the good. We're looking to know more about our friend, the Lord. We want to go directly to the secret. In verse 11, it says, For now, only reveal the secret of God, and here we're talking about the endowment, to those that serve the Lord. But the time shall come that all shall know, and at that last day every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess these secrets. We're going to get into what the secrets are in a minute. Before I get into that, though, why do we only reveal the secrets to those that serve the Lord? Because we can't help it. We can give the endowments to those that don't serve the Lord, and they're just not going to get it. They're going to think it's dumb. They're going to say, why, why am I doing this? This doesn't make any sense. I feel like a weirdo. Remember in the Book of Mormon, when the people take a bite of the fruit of the tree, the tree of life, and they, it tastes sweet, but then they look and they see other people around them laughing at them. And so they throw it out and they go to be with the people in the great and spacious building. These aren't secrets as in something you do in a secret chamber. It's the understanding that's a secret. And so when we look at this from a Kabbalistic point of view, from our perspective, it becomes a matter of revealing the secret, the righteous intention to our righteous desires. And they in turn convert other desires and then they can receive the secret. But let's figure out what this secret is. Let's get into that in verse 13. Verse 13, it says, there are three secrets corresponding to the instructions. It says the law would be the Torah. And all secrets correspond to these three. So there's, there's three things. And anything else that you can imagine goes right back to these three things. The first instruction, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm changing the verbiage here for our purposes in this podcast. Just understand that I'm reading the intent of the words. The first instruction is the first wisdom, reverence of the Lord. Reverence of the Lord is the first knowledge. Yea, the beginning of wisdom is reverence of the Lord, corresponding to three wisdoms. And of the outer wisdom, rejoice and build the house of wisdom with the secret of the foundation. What's the foundation? We already talked about that. It's the priesthood. So we're going to build a house of wisdom upon the keys we've been given through our ordination. Be wise by opening the heart to the secret. Now, keep in mind that the heart can signify to us our emotions and our feelings. To the ancient Israelites, they also saw that as, as their mind in a way. So basically, this would be our all. And it says there are three types of secrets. The secret of the journey, the secret of origins, and the secret of the instructions of God. And these are made clear by the help of the Almighty God. So we have a lot of numbers here. And yes, I know, the, all the numbering gets a little confusing. But breaking this down, there are three secrets corresponding to the Torah. And the first teaching is the first wisdom, and that is we've got to understand, we've got to build that relationship with God, right? Knowledge, verse 15, just as wisdom represents the divine feminine, knowledge represents the divine masculine or the father. So if the first wisdom is reverence to the Lord and reverence to the Lord is the first knowledge, this basically points the way to the path to understanding. And I'm not going to get into the sephirots here, but basically the sephirot that represents understanding in the Mormon Kabbalistic tree is in between knowledge, wisdom, mercy, and strength or judgment. And that is Father, Mother, Son, Holy Spirit, the four pillars. So now we've got the first wisdom and the first knowledge. And now we need to learn these corresponding three wisdoms. 
And with the outer wisdom, we're going to rejoice and use the priesthood as our foundation to build our house, to build our tabernacle. And what is that tabernacle? What are we? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that's what this is doing. It's instructing us on how to walk in Teshuvah and build that temple of the Holy Spirit that is us. What are these three types of secrets? The journey, the origins, and the law, or the Torah of God. The journey is the experience, right? It's the practical application of what we've been given. I can know good from bad, but if I don't choose good from bad, what does it matter? The origins, where everything comes from, the understanding that there is a creator, and then understanding the teachings of God. And we're going to get into what, what that means, what the Torah actually is later on. So for now, I'm just going to keep going and say that these can only be understood by the help of Almighty God. So once again, we are invited to create a personal relationship with God. You're probably going to get tired of hearing me say that. So now we know the three wisdoms. In verse 21, there are three kinds of reverence in heaven. And this is interesting because it says reverence to the Lord or Yavah, reverence to the Spirit of God, and reverence to Elohim. Now, how we want to translate this, the Lord would be, in my mind, Jesus Christ, the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, and Elohim could be the Father and the Mother, or it could be the entire Godhead. But for this, I believe that we're talking about the Father and Mother, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That, that's my opinion. If, if the Holy Spirit tells you something different, then, then go with that. But that's where I am on my journey. So we have to build a relationship through Jesus Christ, that's why he's first, with the Father and Mother, the Son and the Spirit. Once we've accepted Jesus Christ, we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which then in turn, the Holy Ghost teaches us, rears us up, helps us build that temple that is our body until we can be in the presence of God. And by God here, I mean Jesus. And he being our emissary, our representative before the Father and the Mother, can in turn bring us home. From my perspective, the father and mother are the ones who created our spirits from intelligence, whereas Jesus Christ is the creator of this physical world. Verse 23, it is made clear that reverence to the Lord is to love God and serve in love. For mankind only receives happiness when they revere the Lord Yavah, Jesus Christ. And it is reverence of Elohim to revere the Lord and this you shall do in love. And it says ye shall do, so that's plural, all of us, all of our desires. That's what we're working towards. We want to be on this plane of happiness. We can only do that through respecting, learning from, and discipleship in Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we want to once again return to the father and the mother, we have to do this in love. Verse 26, desire in your hearts, yea, even write these things upon your hearts, and ye shall keep the instructions. And here we go. Verse 27, this is the Torah. Love the Lord your God in reverence to Elohim. Revere Elohim, lest you come into the hands of temptation. So in other words, if you want to live the law, it's the law of love. Love God. Love the Creator. I know when you read through this, it seems very confusing. But when you break it down, this is all incredibly simple. God is telling us here, build your personal temple. Your, your body is a temple. Convert your desires. 
Teach them the secret. And that secret is to love the Lord your God. And as long as we're doing things that of love, love is service. So are we serving ourselves? If so, we'll fall into the hands of temptation. But if we're serving God, we're going to be constantly striving to do better, to please him, to grow in grace. In verse 28, it says, mankind is not to serve God in temptation. In other words, we aren't supposed to do this because we think we're going to get something out of it. We're not supposed to serve God to fulfill our own egotistical desires. We're supposed to rise up by the name of the Messiah, the Christ. Then in verse 29, it, it gets deeper into this. It explains it more. It is decreed above and it is written in the heaven. Mankind is beloved. Therefore, to love God, to love the Creator, is to love thy neighbor. So in other words, how do we show? I, can, I love you, God. I love you, God. But how do you show it? I can tell my wife all day long that I love her. But I'll tell you what. When I do the laundry, when I mow the lawn, she sees it. She feels it. She knows that she is loved. So how do we love the Lord our God? If mankind is beloved, we love the creation. And from a Kabbalistic perspective, this means it's okay for us to love ourselves. That doesn't mean that we pleasure our egoism, but it's okay to be happy with who we are and to want to better ourselves. Verse 31, God spoke to you and shall lead your sons and daughters. So in other words, God spoke into your desires and those desires will beget new desires. And God has spoken to you and will now lead them, even they that shall obey. Thus ye shall know to revere Elohim, thus ye know of love. Know too that mankind is not happy to journey by the counsel of wickedness. In other words, wickedness never was happiness. That's what the Book of Mormon tells us. Yea, mankind is only happy to revere the Lord. We're really only happy when we're living this law of love, when we're caring for one another. Therefore, show ye reverence to the God of heavens and the earth all of your days. I think it's interesting how it goes back and forth between ye and thee, because ye is plural. Therefore, all of you show reverence to God by individually doing this all of your days. We can do this collectively, all of our desires, and collectively as, as the human race. But we can only do it collectively if we do it individually. One desire at a time. One person at a time. And that's how we convert people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not about holding a big sign and telling them they're going to hell. It's about being a good person and loving them where they are. And when they accept that love and that light of Christ, they'll begin their own personal relationship with God. And they'll begin growing, just as we have. Now, wrapping this chapter up, it says in verse 35, Write love in your hearts, for reverence of the God of the heavens is in your heart at all times. And this love is reverence, and this reverence is the purity of the Lord. And those giving reverence are loved by the Lord. Behold, there is much value in living in purity of spirit. Therefore, bathe in the glory of the light of Elohim. Don't just walk through it. Don't just sit in it, but bathe in it. Wash yourself with it. Ye that have gone forth from darkness into the light, these have been divided from those led astray. And as the light shines down upon the waters of baptism, this is the reverence of Elohim who spoke unto thee in the garden. From love, understanding was created by the love and reverence, and a thousand generations come after from that love. What does that mean? This is the law of love. 
We have to write it in our hearts. It has to be who we are from the very core of ourselves. When we give, we have to do it in love. It has to become something that we are baptized in daily. We all came from the darkness. We've all accepted this light. We have been called, set apart. And now that we have this priesthood, we have these keys, we have the foundation we need to take our journey to the next level. Remember what I said earlier about the Sephirot? Wisdom and knowledge, father and mother, then beneath that, mercy and strength, Son and Holy Spirit. In between all of these is understanding. Understanding was created by the love and the reverence. And as long as we have that in our heart, then a thousand generations, all of our future desires, everything that comes forth from us moving forward will come from that love. That's what it's all about. Again, this is one of those chapters that when I first received it, it didn't make any sense at all. But after learning about Kabbalah, now I read it and it's just, it's moving. When we grow in grace to understand what Raphael is trying to teach us and what to do with these endowments, suddenly with the key of knowledge and wisdom unlocked through the mercy and the strength of the Son and the Spirit, our eyes are open. We learn to love a little deeper. We learn to give a little more. One of the revelations I received, it's Doctrine of the Saints 125. It says in verse 8 that Kabbalah is the tradition of Israel. It is the doctrine of Christ. Thus it is a mysterious art, for my doctrine is too simple for mankind to comprehend. And I can tell you, looking at this from my own perspective, when I first read this chapter, I didn't get it. I wasn't ready yet. And the reason why is because I was expecting some deep, profound thing. And now when I read it, it's so obvious. It was too simple for me to understand. This is a whole chapter that basically says, you want to build a temple that the Holy Spirit will dwell in? You want to turn your body into a temple that the Holy Spirit will dwell in? Love God. How? By loving the creation. All of that for such a simple message. But like it says, like that scripture says, it's a mystery because our egoism doesn't want us to understand it. It's a secret that we keep from ourselves so we can continue to pleasure our own pride and our own egoism. So brothers and sisters, I really hope that this podcast has touched your heart, has moved you, and it helps you strengthen your relationship with the Lord and change the desires in your own heart. It's always my prayer that we can speak even though this is recorded, that we can speak spirit to spirit, that you can hear me through the Holy Spirit. I hope that the Holy Spirit testifies to you the truth of what it is that we're going over. And whether you've been endowed yet or not, whether you've received that first endowment, I hope this helps you to understand the purpose and the power behind what it is that you have received. So until next week, Shalom and God bless.